everybody. Welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. A special kind of episode this week, as it was our day on Sunday, lads, as we are all fathers, and it was Father's Day, here with Adam and Benny. Hey, boys, how you doing? Hello. I expected uh, Father's Day to be, for me to be on a plinth and praise to the sun, but that did not happen. I just got um, a pair of trousers and lots of hugs and cuddles from Blossom and Freya. Nice. Yeah. That's good, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm very grateful. Wow. Love and affection. That's, that's hard to wrap that up and provide that to you. So they're showing it to you the best possible <laughs> True, way. yeah. My concepts are hard to wrap, gift wrap with bows and everything. That is true. Yeah. I was very lucky on Father's Day as my daughter at no point wished me a happy Father's Day. And then I found my oh. Father's Day card underneath her bed where she left it. So that's what I got. Nice. Yep. <laughs> you know you can't. You know you can't wrap a, con- a concept like you can wrap disappointment. And I was wrapped in disappointment. <laughs> so that's how mine went. Gift wrapped in disappointment. Yeah. I mean, fair, my wife tried. She actually said, to, you know, she actually got Georgia a card to get the no. It's Georgia just no, not a thing. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. It is very harsh. Man, I I got I I got the best thing. I got a. Bob's Burgers mug. Nice. With a picture of Bob. I saw that. Topless, like laying back. And on it, it says, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. Very good. Which was just chef's kiss, perfection, dad joke on there. And it's good because I like Bob's Burgers, but I also own my own dad bod as well. So it fits into a very neat kind of triumvirate of things I like. Dad jokes, myself. And Bob's Burgers. <laughs> we all own dad Bob's at this point, don't we? We can't. None of us can escape it. We're oh, at that yeah. age where it's just that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I've had a dad bod since like I was in my early teens, so I don't think it's kind of excuse for me. Fair <laughs> just <point>. fat. <laughs> You've now got the dad part of it sorted out. Before you just had the bod. <laughs> now I've got an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I meet from now on, I can say, oh, yeah, a year ago. I was ripped. I was cut. Yeah. And then suddenly baby gets here. Cut and the works. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, second Freya was born, everything just went south. Exactly. You, what it is, is you relax and you think, finally, <laughs> I've achieved what I'm here for. That's it now. I don't, I don't necessarily need to ever have sex and procreate again. So, my purpose has been fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, my purpose is done. Chop the balls off. I'm out of here. <laughs> Just relax. Turn the tap and, off. And sing Castrato in a choir somewhere. It's fine. And you've also... It's funny uh, you mentioned... So it's funny I, you mentioned that Blossom keeps bringing up the possibility of having another one, which terrifies me. Like, oh, one day, possibly, but not right now. She she has done what I, I believe is like a traditional mum thing, which is when you go through the birth, you are so out of it, and your body... He's so rushed with hormones and obviously all the drugs and what have you that you actually forget the trauma of giving birth. And that's the only way you can mm. mentally cope with the prospect of having a second child. She, and apparently she, that's a thing, is my understanding. I'm not sure if it's like an old wife's tale. I mean, Freya's like just over eight weeks old now and she, uh, Blossom is still trying to like piece parts together of that day. <laughs> like she texted yeah. me earlier today and said... Um, because uh, when she got out of the theatre and went through to the recovery, the midwives that were helping us out like tried helping her breastfeed, and she said to me, she asked me today, I was like, um, random question, but 
when did I take my bra off to try and breastfeed Freya? <laughs> and I said to her, I don't think you had a bra on the whole time you were in hospital, darling. <laughs> but she's happy to go through that again. So well done. Well done to you, Blossom. Hey, uh, yeah. if, she's, if she's happy to do it, then go for it. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like if you got a tattoo and all you remember vaguely of the tattoo is like lying down, a slight stinging sensation, and then, oh, wow, look, I've got a tattoo and it's half healed already. <laughs> I, I imagine that's what it's like as a bloke. Or you're kicked so hard in the nuts <laughs> that you can't actually you remember. You black out. You just black out. Hard. You black out. And, that, and then someone gives you like a tenor to say sorry. And you think, wow, I can't remember what happened, but I got a tenor out of it. That's pretty good. Let's, let's do this again. No, I imagine, it's the, same as, I imagine it's the same as being kicked in the dick, but then someone takes a tenor off you every week for the rest of your life because kids are so expensive. Surely that's the comparison. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I nearly um now on on the go on, mate. Oh, go no, on. No, you go. It's fine. Oh, I was going to say on the subject of Father's Day gifts, I'm sorely disappointed because I got a fantastic, beautiful pair of nice, fresh, clean bamboo socks, and I nice. can't wear them because it's too fucking hot. <laughs> so I have to wait until it's like cold enough to need to wear socks again. Until I put them on. Because, like, for six months out of the year, I just straight don't wear socks. Unless I have to, like, go walking up a hill and need my walking boots on, or if I have to go to the gym or something like that. Otherwise, it's just me barefoot. Or, like, little plimsoll things that you don't need socks on. And I'm gutted. I don't think I can wait that long. But I don't want really hot feet. <laughs> I. Sarah said, sent me a message in the week leading up to Father's Day, and said, I think I'm going to get you this for Father's Day. And I think we've now approached that point in my life where she thinks certain gifts are acceptable to me as an older man, and they're absolutely not. This gift was, as you uh, boys know, I don't know if other people know or not, but me and my wife have a hot tub at our house. And sometimes you can get little bits of kind of um, grit or grain or, you know, just from like your feet or, I don't know, just from, you know, life. And they will sometimes collect at the bottom of the tub. Not lots, but just the other one that's noticeable. She suggested and was going to get me basically a hot tub vacuum cleaner that would hoover up all the grits and grains. And I said to her, if you get me that as a present, I will beat you to death with it. Because that, that, shut up, that is not, that is not an acceptable gift. I think when you're willing to buy people gifts that are practical or that they could buy for themselves outside of clothes, I think that's not acceptable. A gift to me should be something that you would never consider buying yourself because then it's a gift. It's not just, well, I could just, I could just buy that myself. Why, why would you get me that? In defense oh. of Sarah... Um, yeah. We've recently discovered that she is um, legally blind, so she might not have known what she was ordering at that point. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> oh, he's going to love this Batman costume. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think if it's stuff that you like anyway, like I fucking love me some socks. Like, I will purposefully put those on, like, my Christmas Oh, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's fine, of course. If it's something she knows like, you love. stuff like that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. In this case, yeah, she's completely Practical, get, like, why don't you just buy me a mop? 
or a broom. I mean, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> this is where we're at now in our lives. You're buying me a water Hoover. This is what we're doing now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm starting to realise why Blossom gave me attitude that I bought her a birthing bowl for her birthday. Uh, yeah, but that's that's very helpful to that's to ease pain. I feel that's mind you, yeah, saying that you could have just bought her a couple of packets of paracetamol, couldn't you? Really, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's more difficult to buy those though. There's no limit on the number of birthing bowls you can buy in one transaction. <laughs> <laughs> or if there is, no one's reached that limit. Yeah, no one's, yet. No one's got to that point, have they? You want how many? No, that's yeah. too many, mate. No, Sorry. no one's bought more than seventeen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, so it was a very, uh, very. My wife was at work on Father's Day, so it was just a very pottery about day for me. Did you? Did you boys get to do anything special yeah. at all? Or was it just a regular old couple of presents and that was it, and a cup of tea? Oh. Well, for me, my credit card is suffering because we had two Father's Days. We had an early one, and then I convinced the kids' mums, because normally they go home earlier on a Sunday, for me to have them later because it was Father's Day. And so I thought, oh shit, got to do something that day. So on the Saturday, we went to uh, The Deep, which is one of Europe's premier aquariums in the beautiful former city of culture hull mm-hmm. and like looked at sharks and jellyfish and my favorite animal the spotted garden eel which is just the grumpiest looking man <laughs> animal in the whole world and i love it for that reason then we went to some like weird dinosaur museum and it's very weird because it's like built in a house like a uh-huh. like a terraced house has been completely stripped out and then the one next door has, and they've kind of knocked through. And you have to walk around this house looking at like various models of dinosaurs and pressing buttons to make them roar, all the while feeling you are still in someone's house. <laughs> it's <was> very strange. <laughs> it was good. It was good, though. Like, there's lots of stuff there to do for the kids. They had like one of those weird like sand tables with the overhead projector. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where if you move like the sand and make it different hills... It will change the projection based on that, which was great. We we had like loads of time playing with that, and then it had like Jurassic Park playing on a loop, which I'm sure break breaches some <laughs> kind of copyright. But it just had like a TV in a corner with Jurassic Park on over and over again. Just the first one as well. Great. Hopefully, Steven Spielberg didn't listen to this. Yeah, the first one. They should have at least played all like, five of them on a loop. At least that's you know a no, bit of variety. The first one, yeah, that was it. And then we went, on the Sunday, we went to the cinema. So, of course, that's an expense in itself. Oh, it's so expensive. Because my local Odeon is the most expensive one in Britain outside of London, or was <laughs> before lockdown. Oh, my God. But we went at 10 o'clock in the morning for the like the special kids thing, where it's like two quid, £2.50 ticket. Even that, for the fact that we're watching something we could have stayed at home and watched on Disney+, Plus was still expensive when you add in, like, all the drinks and, like, crisps and stuff you buy from the Tesco down the road. <laughs> Sneaking in a big, like, rustling backpack. But, uh, yeah, it was great. That's, like, that's kids... proper cinema tech, that yeah, is. Yeah. You go oh, yeah, to... definitely. The, the one near us is a Morrison's. There's a Morrison's just around the corner. You just you oh, take, man. like, a backpack, take backpack, backpack a... into the cinema with you and have all the snacks in yeah. there. Like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> One of bottles of Pepsi. It's going to say, yeah, a thermos <laughs> up one sleeve and a bottle of pop up the other. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that was fun, but obviously very expensive. Yeah, your your Father's Day gift was was money, but expenditure, not income. My, my Father's Day gift was making the kids yes. happy, <laughs> so that they could then and go tell their mums like, oh, we had a whale of a time. <laughs> yeah, we had a great and day. That makes me feel happy. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, although I did get reprimanded for it by my youngest's mum for daring take the youngest one out during the tail end of a pandemic and a potential rise of the third wave of the pandemic. Uh, it's like, how dare you take her to an aquarium and a weird dinosaur museum and a cinema of all places? She might die. <laughs> Thanks. You're like, well, that's a nice way to round off Father's Day. Is she won't being die. Being told I'm a negligent dad. No, she won't <laughs> die. You'll die. You're only the only person you're hurting here, Adam, is yourself. So that's it's worth the risk. Exactly. Yeah, that's worth the risk. Your kid's going to be fine. The kids are the ones who the kids are the ones who are killing everybody. <laughs> They're the super spreaders. The kids are not all the right. The kids are not all right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, my, my rationale was like, well, she mixes at school with whoever we, we don't know who. And for all we know, every weekend they've been going to the playground and they've been going to the cinema and the deep and supermarkets and stuff. So what am I going to do? I would genuinely... <laughs> I'm not spending Father's Day weekend when it's lovely weather in inside. I would genuinely... And it wasn't lovely weather. Be surprised. <laughs> so we had to go inside somewhere else. I would genuinely be surprised at this point if everyone is now really sticking to the rules because people just are past caring now. That's it. The second that the government decided that it was kind of okay to do the odd thing here or there, people just took that as a complete green light and yeah, that was it. The majority of people now are just not really bothered, are they? I, no. I agree with what you're saying. No, I think I mean- you're right. So many people just in a supermarket, like, not wearing masks yeah. now. Like, they don't yeah. care. Yeah. Or they've just got it, like, partially covering, like, their bottom lip. <laughs> they basically got, like, half the mask in yeah, their mouth. they're chewing it. <laughs> yeah. I still wear my mask. I don't even need to. I'm fully vaccinated and I don't even need to, oh, yeah. but I still wear it. Just, I'm like, oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel right. I also, like, wearing my mask because I feel like Scorpion or Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. I feel like that's kind of what I look like a little bit. I don't, but I feel yeah. like that's what I do look like. Yeah, plus there's all like like going up behind people and whispering, get over here, yeah. into and their at them and Just stuff. Just quietly. Yeah. And taking, yeah. taking, taking ice cubes out of my pocket and throwing them at them. Yeah. <laughs> throwing Mr. Slushies over them. Yeah. I mean, oh, I would say you could also be like a reptile and start throwing acid on people, but that's a real thing that happens and you probably shouldn't Yeah, that's do that. an actual hate crime, no. Benny. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our thing's just playful. You've taken it too far as usual. <laughs> mum, mum bought me the real hydrochloric acid. Yeah. <laughs> I asked for dihydrogen oxide. Why authenticity? Why? <laughs> I have got... I knew I shouldn't have put it in my mouth and spit it on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I, Benny? Can I, um, can I pose you a question, good sir? Pose away, sir. I would like to, if I can, cast your mind back to around about, let's say, nine, ten weeks ago, on this very podcast, okay. actually, on this very podcast, and we were talking, and I had a quick check back, and just had, a, I had a little listen just to get the quote properly correct. And the quote was, and I think Alan would be pleased to hear this as well, from Good Self Benny, and I quote, you know, I don't really ever get that tired. Okay. <laughs> and then and then after that, me and Adam literally lolled, like a, a genuine laugh out loud, and we said, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just wait and see. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, 
a little look behind the curtain this week, as this is the second time Benny's had to cancel plans, as he was, and I quote, too tired. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. <laughs> I have a very good excuse for this week, though, as uh, we are recording on Thursday instead of Wednesday this week, because on Tuesday, Freya had her first set of jabs. And it was a very traumatic yep. experience for everyone and yeah. such. Like Freya, like she doesn't do like really big cries. Like she's got a hungry cry. She's got a oh, I think I need to do a poo cry. And she and like if you leave, if like you don't act on these cries like quickly, they turn into big cries. Um, the day she had her jabs, she skipped all of those steps and went straight to screaming. Which is what uh, is what is which is why I was suffering with tiredness on Wednesday because during the night she did not sleep. She just did a lot of screaming. Eventually she got to sleep, but me and Blossom did not get a lot, and I was in no position to record a podcast. I mean, I feel like I've been quite on it today already. So you know, I've done that for the podcast benefit. Now you've done a good job, and hey. I'm not laughing at you because you're tired, mate. It was just funny that now looking back on it, me and Adam knew that at some point you're going to be fucking knackered. That's just how it is. But pe- My hubris. Yeah, pe- I was the same, mate. I was exactly the same. I was always thinking, all right, mate, how tired can you be, though? I mean, really? I mean, how tired can you be? Oh, yeah. Cut to me six months later. Kill me, please. <laughs> this is hell. Yeah. Huh? I'm not there yet. No, you're though. not there yet. That's just how it goes. Two nights in a row is the absolute worst. If you can have what you can exactly. handle one night, but the next day you're at work and you're thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to get in tonight and just have my tea and then just go to bed. It's going to be glorious. And then after an hour, you're like, oh no, 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 no. Why is she crying? No, she's meant to be asleep. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's just it. And then that knocks her out then for two or three days. Def- oh, it's the worst. In Freya's defense, she slept really well last night, didn't she, uh, Blossom? She slept from like, Blossom went up to bed about half ten. I stayed with Freya uh, until about quarter to twelve. But she was asleep from... Like about quarter past eleven until four o'clock, she had a good oh, old good snooze. Stuff. Yeah, I'm very proud of her. Very good girl. Uh, I'm also very proud of her because uh, Blossom. I I sometimes think she's going a bit over the top, but the last um, couple of days I've started seeing her side of things, and that um, she keeps saying that Freya should be in Mensa, and I kind of have to agree. She's advancing at such a rate; it's incredible. Like um, we've got a we we. Uh, we're participating in some tummy time on uh, this was yesterday because apparently that's a thing and babies need that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were doing that, and she's got a little light up um, otter toy that plays. It plays music and it's got like a big flashing light on it, which she's loved. She's had it ever since she was little. That was a part of her um, play gym, but we took that out of there because she liked it so much. We kind of use it as like a distract a sort of toy like if she's like getting fussy or whatever if you know what I mean um so I sat Freya on my lap and Blossom was playing with this uh, otter toy just like putting it in big circles around Freya's face and she can she followed that thing like staring a massive hole into it just all the way around the room and I'm I I, I she, Blossom told me that she did this I this was the first time me seeing it I was so impressed so yeah, our little girl's going into Mensa. She's a genius. Nice. Adam, and, need to get- um, just yeah. quickly, when do we tell Benny that every parent also does this and assumes that their <laughs> child is the smartest child in oh. the history of the world? <laughs> well, yeah, everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, Benny, it's a beautiful but- feeling because you, when you see your kid developing like that, it's great. 
because yeah. you're like, oh wow, it's, yeah. you know, they're like when they start to do new things and they start to pay mm-hmm. attention to the world and stuff around them, it's fantastic to see. But yeah, I did, I did the same thing. Definitely, I'm looking at Georgia when she's sort of two months old, and I'm thinking. All right. I mean, two-month-old kids do not do this. Mine is the only kid ever in history. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, yeah. Georgia came out of the womb walking. I mean, she must be practically, you know, she is the next Hawking at this point. But, yeah, it's still very good to see and fun. <laughs> We've uh, been encouraging this um, behaviour of like looking at funny lights. I bought on um, Jeff Bezos Day uh, over the last couple of days. I bought a one of those smart light bulbs that you can change the color. Because I think I mentioned before in the podcast, she's obsessed, obsessed with the lampshade. So I've put in the lampshade in the lounge one of those light bulbs that changes color. And I got it on a set and it just, just like nice. flashes. Like, it goes from red to blue to green. And she just stares at that. I, I literally put a, a video of it on Instagram like about half an hour ago. And um, I also bought, again, on Jeff Bezos Day, a... Like a little disco ball that sits in the corner, and we put that on. It blossom literally just turned off. But again, so just another something for her to look at and be mesmerised by. Yeah, all of those kind of sensory things are fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. when you go to different kind of soft plays or like toy libraries, that kind of thing. They usually have like a sensory area mm-hmm. for little babies and for like kids with different learning needs. What one of the things I'd recommend is actually some of those black and white cloth books because oh, okay. that yes. contrast between light and dark mm. it's not just the light it's the contrast so something yeah. like that like a, a a cloth book for her to handle and you know have the texture of as well yeah. is also going to be good so definitely try and pick one of those up that's why i think she likes the lampshades cuz our lampshades are like a like a graphite sort of colour, like a dark grey and that, like, against uh, the white ceiling, I think, is what like takes her interest, and then I just and I take it up to the next level by putting these bright lights in there as well <laughs> Yeah, I've got disco balls yeah. hanging from she's the a ceiling genius. She's gonna, she's gonna be, she's gonna be <laughs> like that um, did you uh, guys ever see The Hills Have Eyes? Yeah, which the one? The guy with the big brain no, that has to be the, 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 the guy with the big brain that has to be wheeled around, that's gonna be Freya <laughs> But she, she needs like a little scooter following around behind like her fucking, her head held like up. Like Mekon Man from Dare Comics. <laughs> Jesus. Are, you, are you sure you're not thinking about the X-Men? I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she'll be an X-Man or an X-Woman. An X-Person. An X-Person yeah. is better. X-Person. I need to get with the t- X-Force. I need to get with the times. X-Person. Me and Georgia were, uh, yeah. apropos of completely nothing, but I've got to mention this, as it's on one of the things I needed to mention. Me and Georgia have this game where... I, my girl is kind of rough and tumble at times. She can be very girly. So she'll like dressing up, doing her hair, doing her makeup, all that kind of thing. But I've also tried to teach her, not self-defense, but I want to be able to kind of... It's it's hard, right? Because I'm not trying to doom and gloom her, but she is a girl. And that sounds sexist, but she is more at risk. Because, as we've said before, the greatest threat to women is men, unfortunately. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've tried to, and you you lads know this, but I've tried to teach her the odd thing. So she knows how to do a triangle choke. She knows how to do an arm bar. All these kinds of things. I've told her plenty of times, if any boy ever pushes you or kick him in the dick, punch him in the dick, it's fine. I will back you 100% at school if I need to. I have taught her about things like... This sounds awful. I've taught her about things like (laughs) if anybody, you know, tries to pick you up or... If even if even at school or something, you've got nails. Use your nails. It's fine. 
If when you're older, you need to go after somebody's eyes or something, go for the eyes. That really hurts. So sometimes, she, so now she's kind of into that. She sometimes likes to play fight. So I have to sit on the couch and then she sits on my knee facing away from me. So she's sort of, her back is to me. And then she says, right, put your arms around me. I put my arms around her and then she has to fight to escape my clutches. And that's all it is. I can't squeeze too tight. I can't like be too forceful. I have to kind of hold her there and stop her moving. So we're doing this the other night and we usually do about 10, 15 minutes. She's never got away yet. She says, okay then, so let's pretend it's more like real. She says, but is it okay if I bite you? I said, no, Georgia, it's not, it's not okay for you to bite me. And she said, well, why not? I said, Georgia, I said, we can't pretend this is real and you try and bite me. I said, because if you bite me, I might just retaliate and punch you. And then, we're in a whole heap, and then we're in a whole heap of trouble, aren't we? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, no. So, she did used to go to, um, I did start taking her to MMA class when she was seven or eight but obviously the pandemic and it kind of all got thrown up in the air but i'm thinking of taking her back there again and kind of hopefully developing her kind of physical attributes somewhat and it's a mental thing as well because when you get when you get in a fight the adrenaline is going through you so much that you don't kind of think properly sometimes and i want her to be able to in a situation where if she needed it she would be calm enough and rational enough to think, okay, I need to get out of this situation. And I know that sounds that sounds so fucking doom and gloom, but I'm just I just mm. I'd rather she was prepared. That's all. Because obviously I hope, you know, nothing like that ever happens. I hope it doesn't happen to anybody, because it's it's horrific, but I just think sometimes that people should be more prepared for that kind of thing. And I think dads should try and teach their girls about that a little bit. I'm not saying doom and gloom or anything. And when we do we mess about with it. I'm not trying to scare her or anything. And she's not. But I always think that dads should be kind of, you know, make their girls wary that that, that kind of thing can happen sometimes. It, it is a sad truth, unfortunately. The world isn't designed for women. No. Uh, and young girls are most at risk of a lot of different things. Lot, you know, not just physical, but emotional exploitation. And doing something like that, I wholeheartedly agree with. You know, it's you are protecting your daughter not just physically but mentally. You are preparing her for the absolute worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. But also, in saying that, it's not necessarily going to happen. So she doesn't have to worry too much about it, hopefully. But having the ability to respond in kind is important for anyone, really, but especially women. Yeah, it's true. I'm not. I'm not the tallest. Cue the jokes from you two. I'm not the t- I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but I look a certain way. I am bulky. I have tattoos. There are people who do avoid me in the street because of how I look, and I've I I'm well aware of that. Sometimes that people will walk towards me, and kind of oh like because I, I I also kind of look a bit chavvy at times. Like I'll wear I'll wear a vest and shorts in the summer, and I'm not one of those people who kind of like tries dress dress fashionably or anything like that. So I know that when I go out, unless I start something or it's an absolute idiot or something, people are generally not going to do anything to me. They're just going to leave me alone because they might think he looks like a right. They might think he looks like a right knobhead. Basically, that's probably what they think because of how I look. <laughs> and I walk around with a permanent scowl on my face when I'm out and about. I'm just, I just have this 
doom yeah. look. Can confirm. Yeah, that. I have this doom look on my face all the time, and I look like I look, so people will leave me alone. But it's it's way worse with girls. It's just way worse. And you know, it's weird. Like I always kind of I do the same kind of thing. Like you know, like planning for the inevitable just in case. You know, when I got on a plane, I always always go through my safety checks. And I will always look for the doors, like, where's the exit? Oh, it's there, it's there, okay, it's there. I, I always try and remember, like, how many seats it is to get out of the door if I need to. I always check under my seat for my, um, you know, the, your life jacket and stuff. Like, where is it? Mm-hmm. I redo and undo my seatbelt three or four times. Because I, I've i seen, there was a study done where they, um, you know, they kind of get planes that have been grounded and then they'll put smoke in them and test how people react and all that kind of thing. And they had one where... Mm. Both pilots, they didn't tell them what was going to happen, and they just started filling up the cabin with smoke. And instinctively, both pilots kept trying to undo their seatbelt like it was a car seatbelt, and they couldn't find the clip for the seatbelt because they were panicking. <laughs> and I was thinking, and that's always stuck with me. I'm thinking, fucking, hell, if pilots can't do it in that situation, that's just a test. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be ready to go, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, yeah, it's more like a you know a just in case type scenario rather than anything else. But is that a biased thing? Because I know one of your favourite programmes <laughs> is what happened to this plane as it crashed and exploded and everyone died. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Air crash investigation. Discovery or history. Air crash investigation, that's it. Well, that, that summed up. The title was summed up. Yeah, that's, What yeah. happened to this plane? The, the title delivers. Exactly. And so you're, you are so much aware of that. It's true. I mean, it's it's like, like with... My ex, the mum of my youngest, the re- one of the reasons she panics so much about it, as well as being an anxious germaphobe, is she works in a hospital setting on wards with patients who have COVID and is fully aware of all the stats and stuff that come through the NHS and sees the effects of it. So obviously she is much more biased against it than, you know, any, any Joe, Joe public who doesn't work with that kind of thing would be. So... That's why I don't just dismiss what she says because, yeah. you know, she's seen the worst of it. But it is that kind of bias that affects your decisions, not necessarily in the worst way. I'm not saying you <laughs> being aware of how to get out of a plane just in case it's a bad thing. <laughs> but <laughs> is it, do you think that there can be natural limits to this thing? And do you think it's maybe more anxiety based than it is a practical thing to do? I don't know. I do like the idea that we're hurtling towards a mountain at 500 miles an hour, and I'm going, it's all right, I know where my life jacket is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, calm as anything. (laughs) I know how to undo my seatbelt, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, there's no smoke. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. (laughs) We're going to be fine. Um, No, because you know why? I'm not... I know where the door is. I'll just jump out. (laughs) (laughs) The second before it crashes, I'll just jump up in the air, and I'll live. It's fine. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is it no? Do you know what? Because I'm not a nervous flyer in any way. I I generally don't yeah. care. I'm just yeah, whatever. We're getting on a plane. Who cares? I just do that. I don't know why I do those checks. I I just I don't know. It's something I've always done. But do you think? <laughs> do you think you're not nervous because you do all these checks? Oh God, yeah. Is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? <laughs> that, that's your way of dealing with your anxiety about it. And if you didn't do the checks, you would be a nervous flyer. It's an endless cycle. It's an endless cycle. I don't know because I've never. I've never ever had an issue getting on a plane ever. Not even a kind of ooh, because I because I know inherently as well, statistically they're the safest way to travel, because they have to yeah. be. They they just like you know like 
I sh- people should have more anxiety about getting in their car. Cars are so dangerous compared to, compared to planes. Mm-hmm. And the majority of plane crashes as well, the majority of people survive them. There's just the odd one or two that's yeah. catastrophic. But that's no different to, like I say, anything. I mean, how many people die on the roads every day? And I think... Exactly. Or because they were given the wrong type of ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually given the wrong type of ladder. <laughs> I was actually given the wrong they, type they, of plane. They they never really report the plane crashes where everyone survives because it's not it's not real news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a plane lost half a wing today yeah. and landed safely. Well, who cares? Apart from Sully, you should tell that to the guy who did the miracle on the Hudson. Then because like, everyone My boy survived. Sully. Yeah, Sully. What, yeah. yeah, Sully. What's the big deal? Everyone survived. You know that. But the the, the point of that, that was. Bad. Um, the only reason everyone survived wasn't him uh, landing the plane on the water. It was the response of all the people around them because it was in the middle of February and they would, like, the plane landed fine, but they could have gotten like um, hypothermia and whatnot. That was the hypothermia is the true killer. Everybody, it is exactly exactly. If there wasn't that big tugboat pulling exactly. like a, a whole row of tea trolleys <laughs> and tea mates <laughs> <laughs> along the Hudson. They, they would have been screwed. If it wasn't International Banana Boat that, Day. That blanket barge. <laughs> <laughs> if that transport ferry wasn't there carrying loads of hot water bottles, they'd have been screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good job we filled them up before we left port. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this day would come. I've been, vind- I've been vindicated. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Going back to, um, sorry, going back to Dan's well, point... With planes, I'm like you. I'm not nervous at all, and I don't go through all these like crazy pre pre flight checks because crazy. I guess that if the pla- if if the plane goes down, you're <laughs> fucked anyway. So it's not really worth no, no, it. No, wait, but you're not. That's the point. You're not. Like statistically, yeah. the amount of plane crashes, like most death in a plane crashes occurs due to like smoke in the cabin or stuff like that, where people haven't been able to get out. Yeah. Like most plane crashes, when they crash, are not catastrophic. They're just like they just crash, and it, like like that's the issue. Yeah. I mean, look look what happened on the on Lost. Loads of people survived. <laughs> it, that plane split apart in mid air, exactly. like in three separate pieces. And even they only the, survived the pilot because survived. of the electromagnetism of the island. Oh, is that what slowed them down? That I is, thought that's yeah, what yeah. drew them into the island. <laughs> it, it's like a it's like a tractor beam, which just gave them like a, a safe slow descent down. All oh, right, okay. No, just like the descent a, a into madness in the characters' separation. Had. It was definitely a plane. It wasn't a tractor. It was definitely a plane. I remember that much. Yeah. <laughs> what What I was going to say was, I I'm more about that. Like when I enter, say like when you stay in a hotel or some or something like that, you need to like like familiar familiarize yourself with your surroundings. Like I'll go for like a walk around just to see like what's around and like check out like every corner of the room again, <laughs> just to see like where. Yeah, where the escapes are, the yeah, how, how to get out of the just, room, just just in case the the room splits apart and gets dragged into a mystery island in the yeah, exactly in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like I said, I check every corner of the room in a hotel room. Like, what does that take? Like half a second. <laughs> exactly. It's not exactly amazing. It's there. brief but thorough. Yeah, it's very brief but very thorough. That's it. You've got like go into the bathroom, assess the bath. Go, would I be able to fit in that and have a nice bath? Is it too deep? Is it too narrow? What's going on with that? Okay, how would I get the shower on? <laughs> does does that shower curtain cling? I've got to be aware of that because I don't like a clingy shower curtain. And that's just the bathroom. Then you've got to go to like the desk space. 
where can I plug my phone into charge? Will that allow me to read my phone in bed on charge? Oh, it's a myriad of things. I've got a... And it, the most important thing about a hotel room as well is you need to be able to navigate it in pitch blackness so you can go it's to the toilet bad. and not disturb the, uh, the other people in the room, i.e. Uh, Blossom. I just, when I go to hotel yeah. with Sarah, I just, I just look at how many things we can have sex on. Like, could that, could we both, <laughs> could we both fit on that or in that? Or if we did get on that, would it break? <laughs> that's all I'm kind of like wondering. Those things, I mean, to be fair. The worst thing is that's in a family room. <laughs> yeah. In Georgia in the corner. <laughs> with another family. <laughs> how quiet do we need to be <laughs> with another family? Henderson's, be so quiet. You're actually in a hostel, not a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't do hostel. I've seen that film. <laughs> I can't go there again. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right, mentioning I've got to mention my mentioning my wife, right? So this happened literally tonight and I have to mention this. We're sat on the couch and I said, "Right, I'm going to go and do the uh, going to go do the washing up." She says, "Oh, cuz George had uh, a classic kids tea. George had fish rings and beans for tea." Cuz uh I can't remember. It's Thursday. We do a big shopping on a Friday. Uh, on a Saturday, sorry. What can I tell you? She had fish rings and beans for tea. So Sarah said, well, "I didn't give her all the beans, so I left sort of a third of the beans in the pan and I said oh so well, why didn't you throw them away and she mm. said I didn't know where to throw them in the bin or in the toilet <laughs> and I said why is toilet even an option <laughs> she said I don't know I just thought should I throw these in the bin or in the toilet <laughs> and I screamed in the bin <laughs> because it's <this> dirty <laughs> old food why would it be going down the no. toilet and I'm now concerned no. ladies and gentlemen I'm now concerned. I'm friends. Not with all the bean juice. And I'm now concerned because I'm thinking, when I'm not here... You cannot put beans in the bin. No, but I'm thinking now, when I'm not here, what food is she putting down the toilet? <laughs> because clearly it's an option in her head for food wastage is the toilet. <laughs> the thing with beans as well, like obviously... I am a sensible human being who doesn't eat sure baked talk. beans because they're disgusting. And Adam Adam yeah. can agree with that as well. Whatever. Oh, yeah, Whatever. I, my she mind just opened the tin and just put it straight in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Save time. <laughs> my mind was blown when I when I first met Blossom. Her her dad would do this, a similar thing with the beans. Like he'd um, obviously do the, do the whole tin, cook half of cook them, and then he'd leave half of them in the pan, like in the fridge. And then have them again the other day, and I think that's I, that just seems so strange to me. And then going on to the the toilet situation, they had this thing where when they like say you're having a roast dinner and you boil a bunch of veg and you you drain the water, they drain the water out of the veg like into a, a jug essentially. They'll flush that down the toilet rather than just um, putting it down what? the sink what? after everything. And that again, that blew my mind. Why are people using toilets for food? What's happening? Right. I I can I can get behind the idea of not just emptying beans or other things in juice like spaghetti hoops and things like that straight <laughs> into the bin because it's liquid going in there. You have either you've got to go through the faff of rinsing them out so you don't get the bean juice like stinking up your bin and then leaking everywhere, or chuck them down the loo. Like, your loo, your downstairs loo, is right next door to the kitchen. It's as easy for her to do that than it is to uh, just go and do it. And it's all biodegradable. So it's all fine. I mean, it's food. You flush poo down there, and that gets dealt with. You flush food down there, <laughs> and it's fine. 
It's not like she's getting, oh, this whole watermelon's gone off. We didn't get around to eating it. <laughs> I'm just going to drop it in and try and hope it goes Wait, down. You, you've met my wife. Can you tell me without a shadow of a doubt that she's not shoving watermelon down the toilet and flushing it and trying to flush it away? You can't tell me that. You've met my wife. No. <laughs> this is how you get alligators coming out of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I always thought she's in there like straining to get a poo out or something. She's not. She's trying to shove down like half yeah. a chicken. <laughs> like down the t- what are you doing no, in there? D- <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, and anything small, like during the summertime, if I've got like my cats, their their room or their level of the house is our top floor. And their food bowls and everything are up there because we can lock it away from the dog. And if during the summer they've not actually eaten their food, they've left it a bit too long, I'm not, I haven't got a bin to scrape it into. I'll just put that in the toilet because it's small and it's soft and it'll just dissolve in the water. I don't see that as being a problem because like, like my ex used to have a go at me for that. The same way you are with, with your wife because, oh, that's not poo. Why are you putting that in the toilet? You'll block <laughs> the plumbing for some reason. Like, I'm sorry, you've seen our child's poos? I'm, you've seen the size I am? <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing rabbit droppings in the toilet. <laughs> there's, some, there's some big meaty boys going down there. And on that note, my youngest daughter today, <laughs> just before she got in the bath, she uh, I went out of the bathroom to give her some privacy while she was on the loo. And she goes, Dad, come here. And I go, what is it? Open the door. And she stood next to the toilet, looking in it and goes, look at the size of my poo. God, George has <laughs> done this before. In there, yeah. I'm like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. No, come and look. It's huge. It's got bits in it. I'm like, oh my God. And our, our toilet has a very strong flush. It's got one of those like push button flushes, not a handle. Mm. And she's too small and light to actually push it down. So I have to go over there and like flush it. So like going over there with my eyes closed, like stumbling ahead of me like a blind man or Benny in a, an unfamiliar hotel room in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> my arms stretched out in front of me. Going, the it was a late check-in. I've got to get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. I looked down, half a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I can't believe she did that though. You like didn't, you talking didn't look about in though to check it out and like the skills. Oh no, of course I didn't. Oh dude, you're you're crazy. I'd have, been, I'd have been proper looking in. Like wow, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm proud too. of you. No, well done. She's oh no, she's of an age where I'll just go. Yeah, I believe you. I give you your privacy, and I don't want to be looking at poo. If it's a a newborn baby where I've got no choice, that's fine. I'm not barging into the but room I'm, when I'm George not going is in around there. investigating. I'm not barging in going, wait, 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 don't flush yet. I need to check it. But if she calls me in, it's going to be impressive. Out. Yeah, but if she calls me in, this is something I've got to see. She's even like, holy shit, people need to see this to believe it. Get in here quick. You're not going to believe what I've just done. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I did that to Blossom as recently as um, three years ago when we went to New York. Because obviously, when you're in America, the portions are a lot bigger than what they are in the UK. And I did the. I made a turd which was absolutely gargantuan, so much that I actually had to wake Blossom up to come in and have a look at it. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be Freya in five years. I can't wait for this on this show. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Oh. Blossom and I are going to be so supportive of her giant poops. 
Oh, yeah, I'm very supportive, yeah. Yeah, George has done that before. She's called me in. Have you seen the size of this, Dad? Like, Jesus Christ, girl. That is impressive. It's <laughs> like, how does that come out of you? Like, you're not even that big. Like, that's like, you're only six years old. I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah. I know, but the thing of all the things you want your child to be proud of, <laughs> like going and looking at a bowl of their fresh shit, it's a fair is point. not high on my agenda. It's, true. it's like, all right, should we just go and do a drawing and I'll put that in the fridge? I'm not taking a photo of your shit and put it on the fridge. Sending that on Instagram. <laughs> it's Heartbeat with Tony Hart. And now on the gallery this week is a picture of Daisy's massive shite. Oh my goodness. Wow. How did that come out of her? She's only five. That's huge. I think she may have had a little help from dad. <laughs> Even Morph is still. Oh, it looks a little bit like it looks a little bit like Morph. Yeah. Hello, Bobo. Oh my god. <laughs> oh dear me. Adam, have you watched him? Have you finished uh, Black But no, Girl, I totally agree. Flush that food down. Yeah. I was just more surprised. I was gonna say, all. flush that food down. It's fine. I guess it's uh I guess it's a scene I'm not aware of. Maybe I feel pushed out, that's what it is. I feel like I should be on the cutting edge, mm. and I'm not on the cutting edge of food and toilet flushes. I feel like I'm missing out on something, I think. Well, that's it. Yeah. You know, you, you just get 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 some like spaghetti that you don't want, seal it all like twirl down. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's a show for the whole family. <laughs> yeah. I, as long as I no used... one's like shatting it first. Yeah. I used to be with it. Now they've changed what it is. Now it is uh, strange and scary <laughs> to me. Toilet yeah, now it's all toilet food. <laughs> Adam, have you watched? Uh, mm, toilet food. Have you watched Black Summer yet? I finished it. No, no. I, I am taking it in drips and drabs. It's episode four, the the one where there's it's all about the black guy character. I forget his name. Spears. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, four. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's fine. I was just checking. Yeah, it's yeah. just to put your mind at rest as well. It's awesome all the way through. So, yeah, it's still great. Still fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it is. It's just the constant long shots and the way the camera just keeps going and goes through the bits that would otherwise have been cut out to make a, a film or something that much more edited down and quicker paced. The fact that they keep all of that in like, they'll follow someone just, like, running around the house, like, running upstairs, checking something out, not seeing anything, going downstairs, going into a cupboard, there's nothing there. All of that just adds to the tension so much. It's amazing. I cannot believe it's a prequel to some dog shit zombie show. I know, it's mad. Called that's, how it, yeah, that's how it started. It's like, if this is the idea, we'll do a prequel to it. Yeah. And they just they, it is a completely different genre, and I like Z Nation because it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was, I thought it was it's fine, funny yeah. and daft. But yeah, this is the best TV I have ever seen. Yeah, Black wow. Sun, Black Summer's without question easily the best zombie TV show I've ever watched, and it's it is up there with one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. It's just it's everything it's yeah. a zombie TV show should be, and you feel like you are involved in it because there are things you don't know. There's people you see for 10 minutes and then they're just gone forever. There's characters who come in and out of it seemingly for no reason. There's people like uh, the, the Korean girl. I think it is it Sun. I think, yeah, like you, mm. you never know what Sun's saying because why should you? You don't know how to speak Korean, so you shouldn't know what she's saying. It makes so much sense. Yeah. The, the zombie chases are fast. There's no fucking heroics where, you know, like one person suddenly turns into... I don't know, fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme or something. He's like flying kick head. No, it's proper just tension and 
gritty and grinding and everyone's out for themselves and it's oh god it's so yeah. fucking good it's so good oh it's brilliant everybody watch it's black so summer good. it's amazing one of my favorite bits one of my favorite bits from the first series and it's a slight spoiler but i'm not going to say who it happens to but there's one bit where these characters have stuck together through the whole show oh my god. or through at least 50 percent of the show yep. and they're all headed to the same target Something happens to one of the characters that means they can't run. The other character, who can run, just shoots him in the head and just runs. Like, they have spent so much time together and bonded as people, but that person just realises, there's no fucking point carrying this person around anymore. They'll only slow me down, shoots him in the head as a small mercy, because they are being chased by zombies, and then just runs off. Yeah. And that just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. Like, one of the characters who's one of my favourite characters from the first season, it starts off with them. And I'm not going to spoil what happens, because I want you to see it. But then you realise, oh, okay. They're, they're at that point where they can do certain things with certain characters that you know carried on from the first series, and it's such a drastic change. And you think, okay, that means anything can happen in this series. And the way it's been filmed with the narrative, they'll show a little bit of what happened, like, the day before. Then they'll show something that happened later that day. Then they'll show the in-between bit of what led up to this bit. And then they'll cut to something else that's happening at the same time. And then they'll cut something that all of that's coming together in one place. And they'll show, like, different perspectives of the same thing happening, following different characters around. It's it's just mind-blowingly perfectly put together. Perfectly edited, perfectly filmed. The continuity is amazing. The people are real, is the other thing. Yes, the people that's what are it is. real. Yeah. You've hit a nail on the head. The people are real. They react how you would expect people in this situation to react. Yeah. The nice people will try and help each other to a point. But like we said, if, if there's a point where I can't help you, well, I've got to save myself and these other people. Sorry, that's it. There's no, yeah. Even the, even the guy with you know the guy with the dog and the beard and like he never talks that whole first season, and then he's there yeah. and then he gets a gun and just leaves the group and that's it and never comes back. <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh my god, oh okay, exactly. I thought he was gonna be in it for like the whole thing. <laughs> no, he just four episodes and then he's done and then he's gone. And they somehow they yeah. somehow get you so invested in characters in sort of twenty minutes, or there can be a character who's in it for you don't know at the time. But they're in it for one episode. And in that one episode, they've taught you about this character and what their motivations are and why they're running away. And then the next episode, they're just dead. And there's no yeah. there's no grand finale. <laughs> there's no, like, going out on it. Nope, just dead. Dead, gone. You're dead. That's it. No happiness, no nothing. Just dead. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I fucking love the finality exactly. of it. It's so good. When they had that big thing of like Game of Thrones, where they go, oh my god, they killed off a main character, mm. and they did it in such a grand way. How are we going to live without that character? It's a complete opposite of that. It is you have this main character, they're now dead, now we're following the person who killed that person, yeah. and actually they're far more interesting. Yes. And oh shit, they, mm. they're dead now. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's like, people will talk to people. Like It's a scene where this guy gets out of a crashed car, and he's, like, looking around going, oh, shit, I can hear zombies in the distance. And he's in a town, and he sees, like, this building with the door open. 
and Hank comes out and just slams the door shut. And he runs up to it and he's like banging and yelling on the door. And there's someone inside just saying, just fuck off, just leave me alone, just get out of here. You never see that person no. <laughs> yeah. in there, but you can picture them. Yeah. You know, ex- they're reacting exactly as a real person would react. Just saying, I'm not fucking trusting you. I don't know you. Everyone's out for themselves. And everyone is. In the whole thing. And the only people who are in a group come across as the baddies. Because then they're all looking after each other. And they're looking out for the group and not the individual. And that makes them come across as, like, really horrible. And I don't know why, but it's done in such a good way. Oh, I'm going to watch some tonight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just... It's not just a really well-made zombie show. It's a really well-made show. If you just look past the zombie stuff, like, and you don't even need to think about that. Okay, there might. I kind of think there's that many points where it's a bit scary. Yeah, there's gory stuff in there. There's blood and guts. But if you can get past that, if you're that kind of you know squeamish or something, try to get past it. It's not just a well-made zombie show. It's a fucking brilliantly made piece of television. It's just. Yeah, I can't... I, yeah, Black Summer on Netflix. I can't yeah. recommend it enough. And there's no one in it you've heard of either. And uh, it's for like... the most part, no, no, this is it. They're, they're all... And that's what helps yes. you like relate to yes. them, is they are just people, ultimately. They're unknown actors. You you can't get taken out of it by going, well, that's fucking Brad Pitt. He's going to be fine yeah. faced off against a giant wall of zombies. And the thing I like is, the zombies aren't really that big a thing in it. Like, how Walking Dead went from, oh shit, there's loads of zombies, to, oh shit, oh, the real enemy is people. It's like that all the way through, but there is still a zombie threat that constantly is there in the background, and you know it's there in the background. All you will hear in maybe the whole episode is, like, a couple of, like, sounds of zombies in the distance as they're chasing someone. And you'll never see them, but the fear that puts into the characters and the drama that that creates... Oh, it's it's just perfect. Benny, get on it. Watch Black <laughs> Summer. <laughs> mate, it's so good. I know you're not into the scary stuff, mate, but it's so good. It's uh, God. No, I like, a, I like a good zombie thing. I like a good zombie thing. It's just... Oh, um, yeah. It's getting getting the TV to myself to watch the zombie thing is difficult at times. You have a phone, do you not? <laughs> With the ability to <laughs> access the internet? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a phone would not do it justice. It does. I watched the entire well, first. Honest, I watched the first series. I watched the entire first series on my iPod. So Go yeah, on. it's fine. But the first series isn't it that some of the episodes are actually quite short as well. Yeah, this is the but same. Only I mean, like ten or fifteen. That's, that's long a selling episodes? point to me. Yeah, this is the same. What? There's, I know these are all forty-five minute episodes. Well, I think I think episode I think episode five is thirty-two minutes. I think or episode six. Oh, is but it? then episode seven is something like an hour and ten. <laughs> I'm like holy shit. <laughs> Even that's interesting. Oh Even that's interesting because you never know when it's going to finish either. There's no, there's no rules to this show at all. It's just, yeah, Benny. No, that's, that's it. The next it thing it just tells tells the story. Yes, yes. It doesn't feel overly produced or anything, does it? That's it's that as well. It feels more. Yeah. It feels very very realistic, and that is how people would react. Oh, you know what? I'm completely fucking lying. No, series one. 44 minutes, 35, 40, 39, 43. It's the last two episodes, 26 and 21 minutes. Yeah. 
But even that's interesting, though, because normally a last episode is like, yeah, this is our big finale. We're going to go 90 minutes. No, it's Mm. just 20 minutes of balls to the wall, isn't it? It's fucking chaos for 20 minutes. Oh, the last episode is 21 minutes of the best thing you will ever (laughs) see. Yeah. Not just film, video games, TV, music. It's the best sounds. Oh, I really wish I'd rewatched season one before I'd start watching season two. I rewatched season one about two months ago. As soon as I found out season two was oh, like coming out, when it was coming out, I was like, right, I'm watching one again. Ah, you prepped for and, it. And kind of got ready for it. And it helped a little bit, but fuck, it's so good. Yeah, Benny, yeah. mate, please watch that next. Please. It's so good. So good. It, it is the wire of everything that isn't the wire. Basically. <laughs> 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 You're right. And it still doesn't get that much attention. I still don't hear that many people talking about it. I still have to say to people, have you watched Black Summer? And they go, no, what's that? I'm like, oh my God! You, <laughs> you two know? are literally the only people that I've ever talked about it. It must be good, right? Because think about oh, what our conversation we had the other week about our difference in TV opinions, and we are both madly exactly. in love with this show. That's how good it must be. It's brought, exactly. brought us together. That is how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's healed the wounds. You know? <laughs> Oh god, that went way longer than I thought, but okay. I don't care. It's fantastic. Let's move oh, on to the. Uh, it, it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, to the question, mate. Advice. Right. Okay. We've got a couple here. We've we've got some that are relatively kind of serious that maybe we can talk about. But I'm going to go for one that is actually from a kid. Okay, so this is parenting, but also dealing with siblings. Oh. My older sister. It doesn't say how old the people are in this. Owes me $10, but she refuses to give it to me. What can I do? My mom isn't helping me either. So, Hmm. sibling rivalries, which is perfect for you, Dan, because you're an only child. (laughs) I win. (laughs) (laughs) Do the best as well. I never wanted a brother or sister, ever. I love being Mm. an only child. I still love it. It's the best thing. (laughs) Yeah, boys, what would you do? You've both got uh, sisters. Actually, yeah, actually, Benny, you have got an older sister, so what would you do? I do have an older sister. Um, well, I was bigger, bigger than her from an earlier, from an early age, so I would just pin her down and take it if it belonged to me. <laughs> as we discussed earlier, Your massive dad bod. Yeah, as we discussed earlier, women's biggest exactly. threat is men. Yeah. <laughs> just my sister. It doesn't count. <laughs> it's a sibling rivalry. Oh, they're just playing. Yeah, they're just having a laugh. Yeah, I feel like this is tough, and I feel like, unfortunately, the answer is. Sometimes, kid, life can be cruel, and you're never going to get that ten dollars. Because if your mum's not helping, like what? What can you? Do? I mean, you could just. I mean, or, or you could kind of surreptitiously steal ten dollars back at some point down the road. I guess. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because that feeling of helplessness that 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 kid must have, like a member of your family isn't paying back the debts that they owe. Mm. I physically can't do anything about it. <laughs> it's like. Mr. Muscle being a loan shark. Like, he's, he can lend you the money, but he's too weak to break your kneecaps afterwards. <laughs> like, the worst he can do is make your kitchen clean. Oh, and that's only a good thing. I mean, like, ineffectual. Ineffectual. You do have to say goodbye to that money if your parents aren't helping. I mean, me, being the devious son of a bitch that I can be, I would just play the ultimate long game, wait like two okay. or three years... And then just take it back and just steal it from her purse. Because <laughs> yeah. at that point, she'll have forgotten about it. And she'll be like, where is that $10? You can't then come in immediately the next day with $10 worth of penny chews 
because then obviously the jigs up. <laughs> you need to then hide that ten dollars for a couple of weeks, and then you've got it, and it's okay. But I'd advise playing the long game, or like I said, sorry, sometimes you, sometimes life is just not fair, and the people who do the wrong thing will just sometimes get away with it. As much as as horrible as that yeah. is, it's a life lesson, unfortunately. It's true, hundred yeah. percent true, hundred percent true. That's all you can do. If if you. I suppose if you're in a situation like if you've got multiple children and one of your children comes to you with that, older sister owes me money, mum or dad. How do I need that back? What are you going to do? Do you give her the money? I mean, and then you restrict, like you go, well, actually, your allowance is on minus ten dollars now. <laughs> the thing is, is like is like burden of proof as well, because Adam, this would relate to you. Because if Daniel came to you and said Sophie stole ten pounds, I gave Sophie ten pounds, and I shouldn't give it back to me, what would you do? Yeah. You've got no proof of that, and it would be obviously word versus word. If Sophie said no, I didn't, or I, what would you do, oh, mate? No, How Sophie's you... a terrible liar, though. In, in, in my particular circumstance, <laughs> she's a terrible liar. Fair enough. I, you know that thing where you can do the dad look. Oh yeah, where you kind of yeah. like raise your eyebrows and then oh, go. Oh yeah. Mm. She she is a sucker for that, so she can't deal with that. Ah, so you'd be okay then. Uh, but if if she could, and if she could lie to me, I suppose it's a matter of taking it to family court. And by yeah. that I mean all four of us sitting around a table and talking about this and trying to sort it out. Yeah. And they have to be judged by a jury of their peers. And their peer is a five-year-old girl <laughs> who currently likes boys more than girls. So there there is a bias against it, but... I can't help that. I I am I'm impartial as a judge. I just carry out the sentence. The jury decide <laughs> what that sentence is. I feel as though this would be though is that Daisy's response would somehow involve doing a massive shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here is my decision. Look at the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on! Not this Here's again. my decision. You have three hours to consume as much food as possible, <laughs> and then go for a poo. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever has the largest dookie, <laughs> you you are you are going to win. You'll win the you title. Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. We need to go into this at some know, point, and we need to think kid. for next week. If you remember, one of those first times when you learned that sometimes it just wasn't fair, and sometimes you were just like, oh, mm. sometimes the baddies oh, win, yeah. kind of thing. We need to. That's a big topic. I can we need immediately to answer that. Okay, as well. we gotta that's save the it then, mate. We gotta save yeah, it. Save it next week. <laughs> That's a good teaser for next week. When did you realise that life wasn't fair and that things sometimes weren't going to go your way? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring up some really painful memories. Yay. I mean, well, well for me, it was when my my uh, job was a joke and I was broke and my love life was DOA. <laughs> That's when I knew <laughs> things wouldn't go my way. I'll, I'll be there for you, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Anything else from you, boys? No, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll uh, speak to you next week. To Lou, hopefully, I won't be as tired next week. Oh, you did a good, Bye, everybody. You did a good job this week, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate. Go, go I appreciate. for a nap now. <laughs> yeah, go for a nap. Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs> go for a lie down. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. See you, Lou.